0: I'm Amber. Hi, I'm Charlotte.
1: Hi, I'm Corinne. Hiya. I'm Danielle.
0: Hi, I'm Kelly. And together we are
1: Unfiltered, where the her is no longer silent. Unfiltered is the coming together of five neurodivergent women and together we will be discussing all things neurodiversity. Autism, ADHD, parenting, being parent carers, inclusion, and how these are led by our experiences of womanhood. All
2: voices are welcome here and we do not discriminate our, our goal is to create a real inclusive safe space and community for everyone to be their unfiltered self
3: this space is all about community and not competition empowering others through their differences and removing stigma whether you
0: are here for yourself or a loved one you are welcome here so come and join
2: us in this unfiltered
0: conversation today
3: just a quick disclaimer before we
0: begin even though we discussed Certain so medical conditions such as autism and ADHD, we are not medical professionals and cannot offer any medical advice. And this is not a diagnostic tool. This is a tool to be used in terms of your education and to gain support and clarity. But please don't take any medical advice from this. If you do have any concerns, please go and speak to your GP. Also, please note we are all neurodiverse. So you're going to get a lot of talking over each other. We're going to swear a little bit. And sometimes we're going to forget what we're saying mid-sentence. And that's OK. This is a female-based platform that aims to empower the voices of women who often, especially within the neurodivergent community, tend to be lost. As we are all females, we are all born females, we can only give our lived experience as females. But obviously, regardless of gender, you are welcome here as this aims to be an inclusive space. I hope you enjoy the episode.
2: I don't even know what day of the week it is. No. Right. Friday today, but it's Is it? Yeah, it's Friday. Is it? Yeah, Brody went back to school on Tuesday.
0: He went back on the second. Like how What's that about? Savage. So he broke, sounds... he <laughs> broke up on the 16th. And to be fair, like he was desperate. Like anyone that's got autistic kids, like you'll get it. Like the last week of school was horrific.
1: Mm-hmm. But,
0: um you know, he was really struggling with the change of routines. And like I was, to be honest, I needed the break. I was just done with the whole thing. He was done with the whole thing. So I was quite happy for him to break up on the 16th. And then when I was like, oh, hang on, what? He goes back on the 2nd.
1: Yeah, you guys have got, your time is completely different to ours.
0: Yeah, I don't we,
1: know. Um, we broke up a week later and my kids don't go back until next week. Yeah, See, most that's, people- normally uh, that's, that's, that's normally us. That's
2: normally us. We're normally still in there at like 22nd, 23rd. Yeah. And then this year, yeah. our new head decided to break everyone up on the 15th. Yeah. I
1: and think I wouldn't like, well, have minded that. I'm still trying to get the authorization for the time we took off.
2: <laughs> no, you had <that's>
1: it now. <laughs> I don't give a damn. <laughs> I said to the them, fine. listen, I'll pay your fines. I don't really care. I just, just don't want like to the fine. To be with the time. Like, because they came out of school really excited because they had the 100% attendance certificates that they give out. And why should they be punished and maybe next time not get one for taking the time that they're entitled to? I don't care. I'll pay your fines. You Mm -hmm. can look down on me. You can send it to the attendance officer. Punish me. Fine. I just don't want them affected because it's not their fault. But
0: schools like rewarding attendance, I don't understand why that is something to reward people for
1: their previous school didn't just reward attendance they also like highlighted those who had bad attendance so one day kids all came out of school some of them with these bright green letters the ones who had got rewarded some of them with bright red letters i lost my fucking shit i went to the head teacher and i said listen don't you ever give my child one of those letters again highlighting the fact that he's had bad attendance especially when you know why he has bad attendance because mm. Chase was really suffering with his asthma back then so we, okay. used, to, we used to have more time off yeah. like for hospital appointments some mornings we'd have to go in late because we were living in that house that had the mold so mm. he was literally some days he couldn't breathe yeah I lost my mind I was like how dare you highlight to him that do you know what I mean something that's out of his control yeah, they, they gym- never gave him a letter again ever yeah. are they
0: that the child might be poorly or it might be a family situation or whatever anything.
1: it wow. could literally be anything or they could just have parents that just don't get up on time or don't bother you're
3: well, punished a stable. child. The parents might
0: have something going on We're all human. it could be anything say, you know don't send your kids to school <laughs> kids can have a mental health day kids can i mean i don't think my son would have got one for last term because he had a couple of mental health days because i was like he's really struggling i'm just going to keep him off
2: yeah like, yeah. I'm, I'm very lucky here because Oscar goes to a SEN, and they always, I'm going to, I'm going to jinx this now, but they normally always um, love the fact that he's tra- traveling or, or g- going yeah. to somewhere to embrace that as a learning opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Always late. So I yeah. don't, uh, for, I, I'm never going to apologize for being late because huh. I get, we get there and he's regulated if I was to push him in the morning for time, he would get there really unregulated and he'd have a really bad day. Yeah. So because he's got the eating disorder, I refuse to leave this house until he's eaten at least one cracker and had a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't eat or drink at school. And it's my so boy. that means if I get him to that school man. on time, he's not eaten since yesterday.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, so and and sometimes we just rock up and I just go, sorry, we're late. He didn't want to come, and they laugh. Yeah, yeah. And because they know that it's really difficult for me to get Oscar out of the house in the morning. Like we might have a massive hoo-ha about shoes for half an hour. Yeah. You know, he's not easy. So I think that even mainstream schools, when they persecute kids for being late, not attending, they're not actually looking at what's going on in that family. What 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 if a family's got loads and loads of kids mm-hmm. and a couple of them are neurodivergent and they don't like that routine in the morning? That's going to
3: impact all of the children. That's exactly what it's like in our house. Um, Caleb Caleb gets his taxi at 8 o'clock, no, half 8 it comes every morning. The boys have to be at nursery and school for half 8, well quarter to 9. So they ain't going to be there on time because if we go, so obviously Luke's at home, so if we go and Caleb sees us go to the school, he'll melt down because it's not his routine. He needs to see us there, he needs to see it. So we uh, wait yeah, with yeah. it, he gets his taxi and we go late. And I told the school this, um, and luckily they, they haven't, you know, brought it up or anything, but that's our routine, that's, his, that's because of Caleb's needs, and I ain't going to change no. No, and no. risk him and his anxiety and the stress it would cause all of us for the sake of being 10 minutes late for school. Yeah. Them. The <laughs> I have to say,
1: though, in defence of that school... After I addressed it, they never gave him one again and they did take it on board. And they did used to encourage Chase to go away. They used to encourage all of the stuff we used to do. They invited me in to then advocate and teach them because they were willing to learn and they accepted their mistakes. Uh-huh. It's the new school that seemed to think they know it all and aren't willing to work with me. So as much as they, the previous school did make that mistake, I have a lot more respect for them than I do the current one because it's a very different approach. Whereas... I don't hold grudges. If I address something with you, you either apologize or you take it on board. Like with the whole thing with you no, know, remember what happened with LOL. Yeah. I have an utmost respect for them now because they have how they handled it. I don't hold a grudge as long as you are willing to learn from a situation. Whereas this new school just seemed to nope, we have our way. I'm not willing. And I'm I just told to them straight, I know more than you do. So I work with my your own- It's just yeah. not just a purpose
0: for how the world is now and how life no. is like our families are now, like, you know, back in the day, a five-year-old could walk themselves to school. That wouldn't happen now. No. How can you expect, like, if you've got someone, I was talking to someone not long ago, and they had a kid that got transport and a kid that didn't, and the kid that, I can't, I can't remember what it was, but basically she was on her own with them. Her partner was going to work. So she was like, I can't leave my child unsupervised and let them get in the cab, and then I can't make my other one walk to school on their own. So how does that... <laughs> what do you want me to do i physically can't split myself in half and they were just like oh well you lose the transport because that's the new one isn't it they just drive off they're not there on time so you know i
2: do um i massively think there needs to be a reframing on it seems to be school and then home but actually there needs to be more working together because when we're talking about reasonable i did a post about it this morning when we talk about reasonable adjustments being flexible and promoting the rights of people that have got extra stuff going on. Yeah. That's always based on somebody's idea of how much effort they're going to give you. Cause yeah. there's not, not really a barrier. There's not really red tape. There's just levels of effort that people are prepared to give you or not. So, you know, like yeah. this school, they're being resistant. They think they know everything that's because they're not prepared to be flexible and consider your way of thinking because that's not their natural response. So therefore that means extra no. effort. Yeah, so a yeah. lot of the time they say, you know, oh, there's red tape, there's this rule, there's that rule. They're excuses. They're not reasons. They're excuses right. because based on the level of effort that they're willing to give you. Sure. They could, they could exactly. make more of an effort, but they don't want yeah. to. Naturally, that's not what they would do. And people are ultimately in that situation wanting everyone to just accept a blanket level of care no these are the rules this is what happens if it's uncomfortable for you we're just doing the same for everyone because it's minimal it's a shrug
0: doodah because they just want to treat you know each kid the same way and it's like you can't do that it has to be individualized and
1: that goes they don't like to challenge them either i think a lot of it's ego because first go again they wanted to learn from me. They treated me as a professional and then invited me in and they literally hired me to come in and run coffee mornings and asked me questions after that. It's rigid thinking, that isn't it? Is, yeah.
2: You know, the yeah, whole premise the of school. Is.
0: This is I the thing you don't get. We're, as autistic people, supposed to be the rigid thinkers.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah. I don't find that because we're the ones that tend to be asking for flexibility.
2: Then
0: yeah. And you, you can always find it will be like a school. That will be or yeah. a, an organization, let's say, um, who will be like, oh, let's do rigid thinking. Like it doesn't make sense. Sorry, Kelly. But
2: it's it. because they don't like anything unmeasurable.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: So if they are, if they if they start considering reasonable adjustments, then there would have to be probably in their minds some kind of limit or level to that. And what they don't like is there
1: isn't. I always respect people who can hold their hands up and say, you know, actually, I made a mistake teach me help me learn and improve and it's still fantastic so yeah yeah.
2: and also there's a massive um argument there anyway about um reasonable adjustments and when i you know i would never dream of taking my children abroad in, in the summer because the resorts are full it's too hot yeah so we have to choose times where it's quieter to travel it's maybe not as hot it's not high peak um, and I, yeah. I've always religiously done that. I've taken my children out of school to go to a live theatre before and said it's not acceptable to yeah. go at weekends. It's too busy. We yeah. need to go, yeah. you know, to Central London midweek when it's not as busy. We need to travel off peak times. All of those things add to the whole experience of it. So I would never apologise for that. And if someone wants to fine me for putting my children's needs first, that's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. You know. I'll take
1: me to court. <laughs> the judge will side with me. I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, you can find
2: me. I, w- I won't be paying it
1: because I don't have
2: any money. Because I've just been <laughs> on holiday and I've spent all my money on holiday. We had a but great time. <laughs> That's what
0: you're getting. From me.
2: Um, and I think there is a whole um, a massive pressure on parents in general, isn't there, to fit into this traditional idea of how things are supposed to look, going yeah. on holiday yes. so, day trips all of that. And I think when you're a neurotypical uh, neurodiverse person or parent of, you know, I'm neurotypical, but I'm parent of someone who isn't Um, you have to kind of scrap all the rules and just go with what the needs are, place them in the center and just go with it. And yeah. you're always going to get people question your intention there because it doesn't make sense to them. You know, like, like for me, the neurotypical brain, tries to reorganise everything back into the boxes where they're supposed to belong. And I'm aware that I'm not supposed to be doing that because that doesn't suit Oscar. But my brain will naturally want to do that. So it's really hard for me to squash all of those boxes and get inside the way things work for him. And I can do that because I'm his mum and I understand him fully. But I think other adults that are neurotypical, dealing with neurodiverse children that are not connected to them emotionally, don't have that drive to understand them. That's no, where, where the effort yeah. comes from. You know, like my love for my child's unconditional, so although those things are uncomfortable for me, I'll, in my natural brain, I will still make an effort to do uh-huh. that. I know that it meets his need. Yeah if somebody's just doing their job and they're just rocking up to a school and all the other kids are really easy and you've got what you can see where and how our children are starting to become a pain in the backside for people that are those rigid rigid thinkers because for me I don't have an issue with going oh I know that's how we should be doing it but this is how we are going to do it because this works for us because I know the results of it not working is worse
3: Mm
2: -hmm. in those situations at school where you've got kids that are masking that actually do appear to be surviving, where the parents are picking up, and then there's a lot of behavior or a lot of acting out of things that have happened earlier on in the day, those teachers are not seeing that. No. So you're you're picking no. up at home. So that's um where I think that gap is mm-hmm. So because there's not there's not really an understanding I think you only really get that understanding from lived experience. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah but even neurodivergence aside you've got like various different issues and then like I come from a very low class background where we had no money my mum was a single mum there's times when she couldn't afford heat and electricity or to feed us let alone worried about holidays and so that's another factor the peak prices and all them kind of things we never got to experience the stuff that other people did when they can afford it and it's just the whole system is very very unfair even not just with neurodivergent children but low income households and other you know factors that people don't consider families that have got several children and it's it's not fair because there's so many people out there that aren't experiencing these things as well for other reasons and I was a product of that. And it's it's horrible.
2: Yeah, 100%. I agree. I mean, I grew up in a council house. We didn't even have a TV. I, I was one of the only kids in my class when I went to secondary school that didn't have a TV. Mm. You know, I grew up in a council estate and used to go robbing plums and pick flowers from people's gardens and sell them down the posher end of the street to get money for the sweet shop and all of that. And I didn't leave the UK until I was 18. I didn't go anywhere on holiday. I think my parents used to take us to, like, Hastings. Mm. which is like an hour away. But I still have lots of memories on the beach and and running around and all of that kind of stuff. But the balance for us is very weird because Brendan grew up in a family where his dad was like a managing director of a big company in London, drove a really flash BMW. They had a cleaner. He had a dishwasher, you know, free free holidays a year, private school. um, you know, and he has I suppose different ideas of what what families look like whereas I'm like when we go on holiday I'm like we're so lucky you know we're really lucky my kids understand and they they know that not Um, all kids go on holiday on an Mm aeroplane you know and and there's been years you know we haven't always had money to take them away there's been years where they're like are we going on holiday this year mum and I'm like no we can't afford it you know and that's that's the reality of it isn't it you know but yeah. for Brendan when he was younger he never had to worry about any of that um but his parents also used to go abroad quite a lot and leave him at home Oh, yeah you yeah. know there's always yeah. whereas for our kids if we're going away they're coming with us and it's a really big deal and it is really appreciated and they feel lucky to be there mm-hmm. and whereas in in other families I think there's different dynamic isn't there when when travel is not a problem Mm. and you go skiing every year that's not your holiday you're just going on going skiing because you like to go skiing and then you're also going to go on a summer holiday and then you also might get some winter sun you know or you might have a house abroad or or whatever it doesn't it becomes like brendan said it, it becomes like maybe not special did is anyone pro making uh, New Year's resolutions? I'm not. I don't make them. Has anyone made any? No, not really.
1: Um, no, know. no. I like setting goals, but i feel like a yeah, goal I was going to say for me, it's more like goals. Like I kind of like to look at what I've managed to achieve from like last year's. You had an amazing year, I don't. An amazing year. It's been. <laughs> a, it has. I'm not going to lie. It's been. A, it has been a good year. And even when I look at the vision board I made last year there's loads of things that I've managed to achieve and things I really wanted and things that were really getting me down last year that are now a part of my life. And, and I found that's been the case previous years for quite a few. So I don't like to necessarily set those cause I feel like that's a lot of pressure, but I do mm. like to give myself, like, I like to have a review and think of things I can do to either make life better or things to work towards. So it's more in a positive way because I feel like when you set those resolutions, for example, it kind of puts pressure on you and then you feel like a failure if you don't like succeed and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so for me, it's kind of just like oh I'd like to maybe consciously make an effort in these areas mm. so it's not so you know yeah yeah, as I, as yeah I, I,
2: don't, I don't do resolutions I'm more like you I think we're all quite like that aren't we it's more like new year's affirmations rather than yeah resolutions. yeah
1: and I do it throughout the year not just new year's I always, <laughs> like every month I think okay this is going really well but this year is not maybe so it's kind of just like something I do naturally but because it's new years I might give it a bit more focus and I kind of see each year as a new kind of thing coming so I kind of get that little bit of excitement and I'm going to try and do this but I feel like September always feels more like a new year to me because it's like the new academic year. We've been off for six weeks. That kind of thing. I'm more excited at September than I am, say, like this time of year because we're just like midway through the academic year. So yeah,
2: I get, I do get a new year energy. Like I always like to have a plan, Um, and I like to plan something or a movement or something in every month that i'm in but i do think that we are completely different people in every year of our lives whether you cast that from being from september or from january exactly i think that you do move and shift your energy about anyway and naturally like i sometimes think all that worked out it wasn't really i didn't really have a plan but it's you know so sometimes I think the universe works in your favor a bit sometimes and puts in your path what you need exactly moves out
1: what you don't uh-huh. I think your energy also helps to kind of draw it to you as well I feel like what yeah. you put out you kind of get back like when I'm really focused and excited about or like thinking about something I want to work towards I always find that it kind of comes to me better so like last year wanting to change the kind of work I was doing and really like thinking about it. And a few years before when I was really like focused on getting a new house, I remember Mm -hmm. I did a a vision board session with a group of parents from my charity and everyone's putting all their stickers in and stuff. And at that point I was so depressed because where I was living, I literally just cut out this picture of this house from a magazine and it said a house to call my own or something along those lines. I stuck it on the paper and I said, "There is nothing else I want. I just want a home that's all I care about and a few months later we got our house and that yeah. is all I focused on and didn't care about anything else I didn't want anything I just wanted a home and I feel like that energy putting it out there is what brought it to us yeah. so it's yeah, that it's positive
3: energy good. gives positive results it's that you, yeah, know, just you know like, like the secret it. book where it's so fo- so this is where I need to take a leaf out my own book because I'm quite and I spoke to the therapist about it. Someone, that I'm very much so cup, half cup empty at the moment and this is where I'm kind of trying to feel the positives and things instead of just feeling how it's going bad because for me I'm like that's gone bad well that's it now I'm in the mood and I'm just gonna that, it's ruined my life the week's gone the day's rubbish and I need to kind of shift I know I need to do it that shift that energy in things like um, you said the other day Charlotte in the voice note is what's good in my life? What do I have? What am I grateful for? And yeah, and I'm I'm trying, I'm yeah. going to do it though. I don't want to say this is going to be my changes. year, but I think if I just make them little, little changes, I think good things will come.
1: Yeah. They will, I promise you, because I was like that and I just went through these years. You feel like just... you're in a, in a hole in it. Yeah. To get yeah, you're kind of like in autopilot, you're kind of just going with emotions, but you just feel depressed and down and dark. And it's like this dark cloud follows you. And I think that that saying actually is so true. And as soon as I started being really optimistic, not letting things bother me as much, they still don't get me wrong. I'm not like just happy sunshine and rainbows all the time, but I try not to dwell on stuff or overthink yeah. or if something goes wrong, rather than, oh, my God, the world is over. I'm like, well, I can't change it now. There's it's no amazing. point trying and over something. Just move on and mm. so when I feel myself overthinking I literally stop myself and I'm like nope move on from it you can't change yeah. it now you just gonna make yourself feel worse and I try to like I said to you before think on the bright side so wake up in the morning oh I've got to do the school run but I really love my kids and I'm lucky to be able to take them to school oh I've yes. to do yeah. but I really love my house so how about I'd be grateful that I even have a house to clean those kind of things and I just tried to do it in the morning and it really like completely changed. Mm-hmm. And life has genuinely been better.
0: Do, isn't yeah,
1: it? because you're attracting the yeah. positive. That's positive Strategy. energy, yeah. That kind of energy. When you, like, you know, when you look on, there's like that scale you can look on and you look at things like envy, hate, um, vengeance and all that stuff is really low vibe. When you look at things like positivity, love, gratitude is my favorite one Mm
3: -hmm.
1: it's really positive energy and you just naturally start to have things going better for you before when I heard people talk about I'm like all right you sound like right airy fairy like okay but when I started to do it it's changed my life I'm Kelly will know because Kelly saw me when I was at that kind of peak time in Amber when we first started talking I was Mm -hmm. just so depressed but different energy I think that it's a bit like if you're on a
2: downer yeah and then something happens you're naturally going to be on a downer about that and then something else and but actually it works in reverse like Mm
3: -hmm.
2: Charlotte was saying you can climb as a person so once things start going right you're then generating a positive energy so that's then going to lead into the next thing into the next thing so reframing it's really powerful um you know, in a textbook, you'd read it and think, yeah, all right, whatever. Um, yeah. But the results are... Um, uh, but I think yeah. you've already reframing a lot, Corinne. I've noticed a massive difference yeah. in you. I think you're already <laughs> reframing a lot, yeah. You even
3: look
2: snowballing. I think you've got some control there. Like, it could have been yeah. easily, like, you know, yeah. you for a while now, I think, if, you know, maybe six months ago. Oh, that's really recently would have completely snowballed you and you'd just still be off your feet but actually within 24 yeah. hours you've it and you were a different mindset yeah. so I think you're yes. you has grown yeah. yeah and I,
3: I, I can Definitely. see it with like the health anxiety I mean I'll throw that out there like that really threw me down and I do have my days so where I struggle now but I've changed my mindset and it's kind of like I'm feeling a certain way or I'm feeling ill oh something bad's gonna happen and I'm like no Corin what are the odds of that happening? Is it going to happen? Let's change it. And then I focus on something else and then that keeps me going. Um, And I've kind of realised that things that make me happy, like things that happen, they're like, oh my God, really make me happy. Um, More than, I suppose, a typical person would feel that. And I'm like, oh, I get that buzz. And I just want that all the time. And I think I will get that if I just keep climbing. Um, And I just feel, I don't know, I feel more relaxed. I think there's little things that are knocking me down, like things I see, but I'm just so trying to get to a point where bad things may happen, or there may be people that may not like you, and that's okay, you know, yeah. because there's always gonna be people that don't like you. That's the way of life.
2: Yeah, but can like I just to say,
3: like
2: how to reframe that Corin- Corinne is, yeah. people don't not like you, they don't know you.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. they yeah. yeah. you,
2: you know, when people don't like me, they're judging me on an idea of me. Mm. They don't know me.
3: From either someone else's point of view or for what they assume. So yeah.
2: Anyone who meets you wouldn't have a reason to not like you. Uh, but people sorry. that are not willing and they want to make their own mind up about you without putting the work in to get to know you again, um, and a thing, much like so they don't like the idea of you based on somebody else's idea, maybe based on something that's not true. So, there so, yeah. is anything about you to not like. So, yeah, somebody doesn't like you, or you feel like someone doesn't like you. Yeah, let them have that because that's yes. not actually who you are. They don't like that ver. They don't like their own version, version
3: of op- you. Yeah. It isn't yeah.
2: you. They don't yeah, like yeah. you because they don't know you because they're not willing to invest in that relationship. So. If someone's not going to turn up for me
1: and invest in getting to know me, I don't care if they don't like me. Yeah, And on top of that, as long as you, you know. consciously make an effort to be a good, like I always make sure that I like me. So I try to stick to my morals. I yeah. try not to let yeah. other people change who I am as a person. So if someone's cruel, I'm not going to lower myself to their standards. I always make an effort to, like, to just remain who I am. Mm-hmm. And I find that, as long as you can sleep at night and know that you're a good person, that's Mm -hmm. all that matters because people may not like you for various reasons. Mm -hmm. People will have their own point of view. People won't know you. And like Kelly said, they'll, they'll be using someone else's point of view and that person might be a bad person. So Mm -hmm. if someone's choosing to dislike you, but you know, in your heart, you are a genuinely good person. Mm -hmm. They are the issue. Yeah. And if people will take someone else's opinion and just choose not to like you. Again, they are the issue. So live your life. As long as you maintain being a good person, that's all that matters. And I know I can go to bed at night and I know that I go above and beyond for people. I know that I'm genuinely a good person in my heart. I never do anything maliciously. And if sometimes I may do things wrong, somebody addresses it with me, I will take a step back yeah. and just be like, you know, actually, I was wrong. I'm sorry, I will change. And I can live with that. And I, I used to get really... Kelly and Amber would have seen on my Facebook sometimes I let things get to me I'll let people bring me down I let people drag me down but I've come to realize now actually they're projecting their own sometimes their own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. self-hate and I just stop and I think to myself have I done anything wrong am I being a good person and as long as I can see yes I say do you know what they're obviously the issue I've done I I'm like I like justice, like, oh, justice warrior. So I used to get really upset when I do something decent and the person doesn't do it back. Yeah. And it used to me because I used to be like, why would someone do that? Like, I always try to, like, really help people, but why aren't they the same as me? And now that I realise, actually, you shouldn't always expect people to have the same morals or the same views or perception as you, you will be a lot happier as well because... Mm everyone's different and also sometimes somebody may dislike you or disagree with your opinion it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing because we live in a very diverse world everyone's going to have likes and dislikes and you know they someone might not like the way I dress or the way I speak or how I you know present myself or whatever it may be but it doesn't necessarily have to be a negative thing they are also entitled to their opinions so yeah i always think you're right Charlotte.
2: i always think uncomfortable spaces yeah when we are in uncomfortable spaces with people it's when change happens most yeah. change happens because of a conflict you know and and the biggest fights that we ever win they don't include screaming and shouting they include sitting down speaking about it as adults in, in a calm in a calm manner about things that we don't agree with because that's how we make changes. Standing across the road from someone shouting out your shit, it's not going to do anything. No.
1: Constructive criticism. Like, I'll go into a meeting and I'll say, listen, I've been working my best, but if it is a load of shit, please tell me. Don't be afraid to give me that negative feedback. I actually like it because I know I'm not perfect. I know there's areas I need to learn and improve. Tell me, otherwise I can't. So always tell me if I've done something wrong, if I'm not quite, quite right, or it's a little bit rubbish, because I want to get better. And you can't get better if you've got yes people around you constantly saying, "Oh, you're doing a good job, you're amazing," uh, yeah. when you. you're not. Like the resentment
0: builds up from them. Like, have you ever been in a situation where, like, you're you're doing something, you think you're doing okay, they don't think you are, but they're not telling you, and you're like, I can feel this weird energy here, right? Me. And we have so to have like, them
2: yes. telling us.
0: Yeah, Literally, it's like why not just tell me? Why be it's vibes? Isn't it?
2: Like,
0: yeah, we don't guys. Very like what you girls were saying about energy and all that. Like, I was talking to someone not long ago, and someone was saying that they feel like for neurodivergent people, especially, our, um we do a lot of energy exchanging. Everyone does anyway, mm-hmm. but we seem to feel it a lot more. In we gut- rely
3: on it. We rely, rely on it, and uh, also. Yeah.
0: It might have been Andrew actually I spoke to about this um because he was talking about packet, pattern recognition
1: and no, I, was, I was just like say pattern recognition yes pattern recognition and like I don't know
0: if it's where I've been in situations where um like I got really bullied at school or whatever or like as I've gotten older as soon as I see those vibes I'm like oh i can
3: yes.
1: sense
0: a vibe. even if i don't, yeah. I can't put my finger on and I'm like there's something not quite right here. Pattern I'm- recognition yeah,
1: yeah, what yeah language how someone's tone of voice is, how they speak how they're looking all of that is pattern recognition we, that's what we can tell when we're on a hater
2: yeah <laughs> and genuine because you're like now they're going to do this and i know that they're going to go and do that and i know they going to do that yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah like i remember i worked with this woman once and i don't say this lightly she was an absolute psychopath and i would never call like i'm being like i that's not a word i throw around a lot And because some people do throw that around, I don't throw that word around because I've been
2: called that in the last week. But Carol, I know you (laughs) have
0: all of it, what I mean, like, but no, like, psychosis is real. Do you know what I mean? And I I genuinely think this woman had psycho, like, she just was not the way that she reacted to things and the way that she dealt with situations. I was like, this is not normal, scary. And she created such an atmosphere that, like, she only had to say one thing or like look in my direction. I'd be like, Oh my god, it's about <laughs> me. And I knew, I knew she didn't like me, I knew she wasn't happy with what I was doing. And I'd say to her, like, oh, is there a problem, or is everything? okay she go, everything's so, fine, darling? And I'm like,
3: well, I know
0: that. <laughs> tell <you> know. me. <laughs> and then I ended up sort of having a bit of a meltdown, and I was just like, I can't do this. And it all kind of went to pot. And then they moved me to a different department. And the guy I had was completely different, like so chilled, so relaxed. And he was like, and I was like, he was like, what do you need? Because it was the first time I'd gone into a workplace and said, look, I'm autistic, like, I need some help here. And he was like, okay, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, what do you need? Kind of thing. It was quite upfront. And I was like, honestly, can you just like tell me if I'm doing something wrong? And he was like, really? I was like, yeah, because if I know I'm doing, I know that you're pissed off with me, I'm going to know. Really? And he was like, really? And the amount of times I'd be like, um, like, I'd sort of say something, and he'd be like, How do you know you messed up? How do you know? And I'm be like, Because I can just tell. Yeah. There's a
2: high chance, Amber, that that lady was probably smiling at you because she was probably picturing you on fire or something. It wasn't that she liked you. <laughs> she hated me. No, she I- got the vibe.
0: No, she's got the vibe that, um, in her words, because we had to do this stupid quiz thing at work. It was like a personality quiz, and I come out as like a monkey, like you as an animal and it was like um camel taught us something else and a monkey and it was like no you cannot work with us and be a monkey i was like what the fuck is going on God, it was so weird i was like can i just leave (laughs) i'll
1: say some quotes later i literally live for them he's got my he's got my humour so some of the stuff he comes out with I might find more funny or brilliant than most people mm-hmm. because it's just my humour <laughs> Right. well I'll
2: leave you with this one I took him to Sainsbury's and he chose his sister a bluey birthday card he was really happy with it we got it out the envelope he was so overwhelmed he ripped it into a million shreds so I said oh no it's, Oscar. it's all his birthday card it's all ripped up and he said um, kill Ola. So I said, no, don't kill her. Love Orla. And he went, no, kill her. Oscar's turning evil. So he said, Oscar, kill mum. And I said, no, Oscar's not turning evil. You know, don't kill people. It's mean. I said, and all, and then he, he said, yes, to kill people. So I said, but who's going to make your milk? And he went, evil Oscar. Evil Oscar, Oscar will make the milk. Evil Oscar, he's got I a, would a, not he a face really on him. And he bad. He gets a face on him, and he goes, "Oscar's turning evil." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "No, don't turn evil," and he's like, "I'll <laughs> kill you." Yeah. So, and his two words to describe his first morning back at school while sitting on the loo was abysmal and apocalyptic. I mean, so that that's the, some amazing vocab. <laughs> Not wow. bad for an, a non a class, a class, not verbal child, is it? Apocalyptic yeah. and abysmal, but yeah, it's turning evil, it's going to kill everyone, and then it doesn't matter if I'm dead because evil Oscar can make the milk.
0: I say a way of like, um, processing stuff that's going around because I must admit, like, I'm 31, I still do stuff like that. Like, if I'm in the shower, I don't have sure. a full on conversation in my head with like,
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, wife, and like. When I tried to explain to my doctor when I went for my ADHD assessments, so I was like, "Yeah, like I had these voices," and she was like, "Okay, we're going to do schizophrenia." Well, I was like, "No, I'm not schizophrenic."
1: <laughs> and I was like, "I know, what I know." I- I know it's it's our like- imagination playing yeah, out scenarios it's like, well, and stuff.
0: It's mm-hmm. Like I have to have these different personas and these different scenarios
1: to help me like work through stuff.
3: Yeah,
1: I <laughs> was <Last laughs> I used to do that a lot. So I used to like make out the situations or storylines or things that maybe I wanted to live out in my head well it lived out in the real world but because of now I realize it was my like my social anxiety there was things that I may have wanted like conversations I might have wanted to have or situations I may have wanted to be in but because I couldn't do that in the real world I would do that and I lived in my head a lot because I actually preferred in head Charlotte and the way that she in because you can control yeah. it but we internalized it whereas Remy Lives it on the outside. Um, yeah. That is, I reckon, that's how I would have been had I done that and yeah. not just had it inside. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was as a kid, to be fair. Like,
0: I didn't do it with an anim- But saying that, like I said, the age I am now, I'm 31. And like, I'll put Brady's bed, and he's got this big like teddy net thing of all these teddies. And I sit and I have to remind myself that they don't, they're not real. Like, they're not like Toy Story. They're not going to pop up and, you know. And I genuinely i am like, I'm 31. And I have this thing that like, I have to tell myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but actually, yeah, yeah when I was a kid I used to fully like almost like act it out and then my mum like my brother would be like why are you talking to yourself what's wrong with you and I'd be like I don't know yeah. and now I've realised I like, just
1: go so like, really quiet because it's inside here and I'm focusing on it and I'm like sometimes would just rather be by myself because it's all in here and I prefer it sometimes. And it does sound crazy now, but at the time, it just felt totally normal. Like,
0: yeah. Like, it's normal for us. I think it's... I remember
1: doing it in my teens. Like, fully in my teens, I remember having, like, these random scenarios that I wanted or just, like, a fantasy kind of world. It's quite a good manifestation technique.
0: Like, if you call, if you... you could sell that as like a visualisation technique and they would eat it up. And that's why I think a lot of us tend to kind of go towards that kind of woo-woo-ness because things like that yeah. are
1: really but we'd be great authors. Yeah. I mm. could sell those stories and scenarios that I think up in here mm. if I had, obviously, the executive function to do it. <laughs> but so I used them. to love Lizzie. I don't do it as much now, but I just look at Remy sometimes and see her doing mm. what I just did and turning. And I love the fact that she's just so bold to do it because I wish I did. It's yeah. nice to uh-huh. nurture that,
0: don't you? And kind of like encourage it rather than... Because when I was growing up, it's like something to be embarrassed about.
3: Why it's like the parents are that like, well, I didn't see any signs when you were growing up, but because you're a neurodivergent household, you're not going to see the signs because they're like, it yeah. of <laughs> yeah. My household
1: um... was so neurodivergent and it's mm-hmm. so crazy now to look back at literally... It was just so obvious, but yeah. it weren't as nice, but definitely without
3: a doubt. Because my mom... because like the, the our parents or our grandparents are neurodivergent themselves, the way that we all were would have been just their like the norm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And but the only
0: reason I got picked up on was <laughs> because I was like fully non verbal until I was six. If it hadn't been that, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think I picked up on, especially being a yeah. girl. Yeah.
3: See, Max, okay. I I was reading really young and I was I yeah. spoke early and stuff and it's this is where a lot of people be like so well how come they can speak and this could probably save this for another episode yeah, yeah. for sure yeah but, exactly. um, yeah yes. and it's people assume like they have no you know autistic kids don't have communication well a lot of them do <laughs> they do yes. they're,
0: they're the, some of the most effective communicators way. did you see that stand up yeah. the other day. And it was a guy doing stand-up, I will find his name. And um he was talking about his son who's autistic, and he said that he was like, Everyone says like autistic people don't communicate. He's like, I tell you what, my son is the most effective communicator I've ever met. And yeah. like, you know, he gets what he wants and he gets it across, and you know exactly what he's saying to you. And he was saying, like, you know, if he wants a biscuit, he just drags him to the, the cupboard and it's like, get me a flipping biscuit. Like, you yeah. like, And he will be like, and then, like, if he doesn't get it, he just screams. And he's like, I didn't have the biscuit, like, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. he's sort of making light of it. But, yeah, I'm just like, no, like, it, it. yeah, everyone. It's
1: been children who are autistic who are a bit really articulate. So, like, Remy, she can talk for days. She's got great vocabulary. She really is very direct. But she struggles in areas that, say, Chase didn't. And mm-hmm. he was nonverbal like so her emotional regulation her sensitive to um her being yeah. sensitive to certain um thing her needing that rigidity and all of the rest of the stuff whereas he was really out like lazy laid back and chill and all the rest of it but he struggled in other areas yeah. so people just think that autism's linear they don't realize what a spectrum actually is and that it could be one could look like a flower with like different sized petals all over the place i love that always i always say too. And that sounds really grim, but like
0: flowers is nice, like little different, like the idea of their own little soup and everyone's got their own little flavors. Mm. if they were.
1: Yeah, with different bits of the ingredients. But everyone just thinks that you have to have all of those typical traits and you all have to be savants with all these magical powers and all these other things because they grew up watching Rain Man, which was on last night. Love that movie. But... I can't watch it. Not Really?
0: Oh just, no, I love it. I just love. I love, I it love his character because <laughs> Say it again? that film gave me trauma. No, I'm joking. I think <laughs> no, it did a little bit. So what i was because obviously I was diagnosed really young, at like three or whatever. No one told me, and I read the word autism on a form. I was starting at a dance club, and I, it said, like, "Does your child have a disability?" And my mum had said yes, and then put the word autism, and I was like, "What the hell is that?" And obviously, I could. I've obviously I was 13, but I was always a really advanced reader and like in mm-hmm. like I was reading Harry Potter at like six do you know what I mean so it was weird I started talking and suddenly I'm barreling through all the Harry Potter books and all the teachers were like what it was almost <laughs> like oh, come <laughs> I was shocked like the whole time I could understand everything anyway and I remember reading the word and being like what's that and my mum was like oh no don't worry about it like I think she was just a bit like I don't want to make you feel different and it's like well guess what
3: yeah
0: I already know. Um, so yeah, I was a bit like, oh, okay, like wherever. And I tried to sort of do my own research, and the only thing I could find, obviously, well, this was like before Google and stuff. So I was in like the library I'm really giving away how old I am here, but I was in the library trying to find things, and I think it was some it, by coincidence, it was around um like the end of term, so like everyone just kept putting films on. And one of the teachers said, like, Oh, I'm going to put Rain Man on. It's a masterpiece. And I watched it and I was like, This is not me. Like, because that was the only thing of autism that I'd heard. I didn't know what it was. So I was like, Oh, I can't be autistic because I'm not like that. The yeah. wasn't there. So I just walked away from that. And I was like, Oh, I have got it wrong. I'm not, I'm not autistic. I've got that completely wrong. I, I grew out of whatever it was. And yeah. then was years later, I was like, Oh, no, I'm actually really sick. Really super autistic, but just not the same way as Dustin. That's yeah. so all we have time for today on the Unfiltered Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and subscribe as it helps us get seen. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at unfilteredher And you can also join our Patreon. Our Patreon is five pounds a month, and in that you get exclusive blogs, podcasts, bonus episodes, and q a's of us all. All the links for those are in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the episode and remember.
2: The her is no longer silent. Thank you for listening and make sure to like and subscribe.